Hey everyone, this is Steve Bose from the HR Happy Hour Show. We did a special two-part HR Happy Hour podcast live from the Skillsoft Perspectives event in Las Vegas, where I was joined by guest co-host Ben Eubanks, and we welcomed Upper Team Pura Kayasta, the Chief Technology Officer at Skillsoft, and we talked to him for a while about the evolution of learning technology, the needs of the modern learner, and the importance of getting learning content and technology in the hands of people where, how, and when they need it. And the second part of the show, we talked to Stephanie Dale from Florida Blue, whose innovative learning and talent programs were recognized at Perspectives with a special innovation award. So two-part episode, really good conversations. Thanks for Skillsoft for having us out uh, at their event, and enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bose. Great to be with you today. I am recording live from a yet another remote location, been on the road a lot lately, back in Las Vegas at the Skillsoft Perspectives event, which we're going to talk about quite a bit here in a moment. But first, a couple of quick announcements. Thanks, as always, to show sponsor Virgin Pulse, www.virginpulse.com. Please check out the very last show we did live from their event, the Thrive Summit, which was in lovely Miami Beach. I've had a pretty good week. Miami Beach and Vegas in the same week, while it's still snowing at home, I believe. Uh, but that was a great show. We did it with uh, David Osborne, CEO of Virgin Pulse, plus one of their great customers, M.A. Dodson from Movement Mortgage, about the really innovative and interesting things they're doing around organizational well-being and taking care of employees, essentially. It was a great show and a lot of fun, so please check that out. Uh, and check out all the shows on the podcast network. We're we're rolling strong. Lots of great content on the network from all the shows. Subscribe, tell a friend, rate and review. Uh, just search for HR Happy Hour. Finally, last announcement for me. The Discovering the Next Great HR Technology Company and submissions for our first ever HR Tech Pitch Fest for HR Tech Conference in September. They're open. Please go to www.hrtechconference.com for more details. And use my code, Steve300, for $300 off your registration. That's it from announcements, but I have a special guest host with me, Mr. Ben Eubanks from the We're Only Human podcast. How are you, Ben? I am awesome, Steve. Really glad to be here and uh, excited to share the mic with you. What's going on in Ben's world? I've not talked to you in a while. I've been locked away in a cave working on the book. Tell, uh, tell us about that. Tease that book a little bit. Goodness. I uh, was just talking to our, our guest about that a little bit ago during our meeting. We're... Um, I'm working through this book on the impact of artificial intelligence on the HR world, I guess. And so looking at it from a functional perspective, the different areas of HCM, but also the skills that are going to be necessary in an automated world. When the robots take over, what sort of skills are going to matter for us? And so it's been a fun fun journey, very tiring, very interesting. And we can tease also, uh, in addition to the book, you'll also be talking about these topics with for me, I had to say for me, but I did ask you to do it. Sorry, I'm your lackey. At okay. HR Tech in September as well. You're my AI guy. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. So, Ben, good to see you. Thanks for sitting in today. Yep, absolutely. Let's get right to it. Let's welcome our guest. He has quite a bit of charisma. We learned that this morning in his presentation. Uh, he is Opera Team Perakasta. That well was pretty done. close. Well Opera done. Team. Yep. We'll call you AP for, for to, to save me. <laughs> AP is the Chief Technology Officer for Skillsoft. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. Great Glad to, to be see here. You. Ah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having us, of course. Tell us a little bit. Look, Skillsoft, we know, some total we know, but there's a lot going on, a lot of changes in this company, a lot of changes in the technology. I have a feeling even folks who think they know Skillsoft, some total, et cetera, 
maybe really don't. Can you give us a little bit, a couple of minutes on a little bit of a company overview and maybe talk about these, these different products, these names I just, I'm throwing out there casually. Absolutely. So um, Skillsoft is a company uh, which is actually a household brand kind of incorporate e-learning, right? One um, area of the company is essentially e-learning content, right? E-learning content packaged with a content delivery platform. That has been the area that has been dominant in the company. So Skillsoft content has major areas. So for example, uh, business skills, leadership development, uh, compliance content, uh, digital skills, and IT services content. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, so that is a pretty clear horizontal business content business that we have had for a long time. And what we are doing is reinvesting in that content area, growing them, making them very different. A very quick example. Uh, gone are the days when people are interested in listening to a man uh, in front of a video camera, right? <laughs> so people learn very differently today. They learn from scenario-based learning. The same learning content and learning pedagogy is being captured in very different way in kind of a friend style, you know, a kind of a, a storytelling manner, right? We, we, we are getting, you know, indications from our early research in collaboration with MIT. That kind of content design is actually improving learning outcome. Right. Right. Okay. So that's one part of our business, which is around content, right? Now, content um, is not the only thing that actually is a learner is interested in. What the learner is learning is actually equally important how the learner is learning it. So to improve the experience of how the learner is consuming the content, we have designed a brand new e-learning platform called Percipio. Okay. Right? Percipio is absolutely consumerized. So a, a millennial entering the workforce, uh, being educated in Instagram and Facebook, will find himself or herself very much at home with Percipio. Right, very familiar. Yeah, very familiar looks, look and feel. Reminds you of you a know, Netflix it, homepage it, it, to Netflix some style yeah. delivery of content, micro learning. When you want to learn up a, a, a little thing about a little thing, you can pick up a you know you can search and get a three minute video at any point in time. Also, you can actually go deep um, in a particular area. Let's say you want to learn something about advanced machine learning, or you really want to understand how to be a you know a good presenter, right? Yeah, we have you know so we have we have we have matching curated content, uh, multimodal experience, extremely good search, as well as um, a, a very good curation of our content into a neat little platform. And Percipio is available in multiple devices, mobile devices, responsive UI on the tablet. So it's learning everywhere you go, anything you want to learn. So that's the Percipio And platform. totally new. A new and product. absolutely okay. new, delivered nine months ago, wow. although we have about 900 customers on it already mm -hmm. because many of our customers are jumping around the bits to actually get on Percipio. Um, it is one, you know, I've developed many products in my life. This is, this is one of the ones which is uh, an instant hit, to be mm -hmm. honest, right? Now... That's an e-learning platform. If your interest is actually in consuming and understanding and actually, un, you know, um, focused on the content and, and uh, learning from the content, Percipio is for you, right? However, we have a complex set of customers. So uh, a, lot, a lot of our customers are regulated uh, industries, right? Um, so for them, um, learning kind of blends into uh, required training, Right. Sure. So let's say that's where some total careful reporting, monitoring, careful right. reporting, monitoring, compliance with a, you know, CFR Part 11, for example, mm -hmm. um, or many other compliance standards. Right. So there is a gray area between good learning content, a good learning system geared toward the learner. Right. And 
still not losing the learner experience, but also serving the business needs, right. where actually it's actually kind of an ERP system, whereby an American Airlines pilot, one of our customers, cannot get on the plane if he or she does not have the certification mm -hmm. from SumTotal. So where SumTotal comes in is industrial strength learning management with equally good learner experience, but industrial strength learning management, along with talent management integrated with it, and workforce management capabilities. So all of these together provide very interesting workflows on the SumTotal platform. So for example, one of the companies using SumTotal uses it for um, you know, matching uh, RFPs that they're getting with workforces and figuring out how to train the workforces in a particular area. So learning, talent management, as well as business optimization, all rolled into one. So we have these three platforms, um, you know, these two platforms and, and, and our content, right? right? And the content. And the content. Uh, that 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 actually address very different needs that our customers have. Yeah. AP, one of the things you talked about was content, right? You've got this incredible content library. Organizations can have access to all kinds of content. Content is so available, and they can create their own content. But but just having content be available or just have been created doesn't really help organizations or learners directly, right? They've got to be able to consume it in the way that they want, when they want, and in a form factor that's familiar to them and, and it's going to work for them. I'd love for you to comment a little bit about how you, you're thinking about technology solutions to sort of empower organizations, get access to this content, where, how, and in the ways that they need it. You know, it's a great question. And there actually, there are multiple answers to that question from different angles, mm -hmm. right? First of all, the cost of content production has gone down dramatically. So as a result, there's a lot of content. <laughs> right. Um, some are like, good. Like this podcast. Yes. Some are good and some are not so good. Right. And uh, some people are beginning to believe that having access to a lot of content means that having access to effective learning that cannot be further from the truth. Actually, more content does not only equal more learning, more content can actually be less learning. So one of the things that companies like Skillsoft and you know other responsible companies should do is actually kind of help the learners go through the sea of content. So curation is very important, right? Curation uh, right out of the platform of content into you know kind of channel areas or topics, right? Mm -hmm. Think of your television. If the television didn't have channels, it would be kind of tough, right? <laughs> so channels are interesting. So the same concept applies to content. So that's why platforms like Percipio start with curation, right? Not only it has its own curation, but you can actually adjust that curation, put your own content into a curated format. So curation helps the learner in terms of, okay, I've got a collection of related things at one point, and I can go into topic areas like Amazon Web Services or advanced machine learning first-time manager, presentation skills, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's very important for a platform to support, right? Uh, the second thing is uh, learning in the flow of work, right? Gone are the days, people are too busy, I think, uh, to actually go to uh, some sort of a temple or a portal or a website or <laughs> right. something like that. Go to even percipio.com or whatever, x.com or y.com to learn, right? right. You know, there's, there's not much time for that, right? What they want is just in the moment learning whenever they're working. So people use productivity tools like email. People use, you know, developers use code editing tools. People use browsers all the time. The learning elements, a platform should kind of disaggregate itself and fuse into these productivity tools or, you know, common tools and offer the learning content through those tools, right? So recently we've actually released a feature called ELSA, Embedded Learning Assistant, uh, through Percipio, 
uh, you can actually put it in any browser. And suppose you're editing code or preparing for a meeting or what have you, you right from the context of your work, you can actually look up or see your content. In fact, consume it then and there. You can play a micro learning video then and there. And, and our vision is this type of kind of embedded learning goes everywhere. It goes on to any application you use on your mobile device, um, on Alexa, or, you know, kind of any kind of devices, right? So I think curation is one piece and access is another piece. Sure. So I think those two pieces are major and we're we are focused on both of these to actually have more, um, I think, a better learning outcome, to be honest. Yeah, yeah when you think about the, the access piece of that, when we think about learning, as L&D leaders, as professionals, we think about the courses, the content, things like that. But so much of what happens in the actual flow of work, you realize, hey, I've got a presentation tomorrow. I don't have time to go and seek out our subject matter expert and get him to teach me for, for four hours in this you know, live class. I just need to go and find something right now. Yep. Pointed, pointed right at those things that I actually need, the, the gaps I know I have maybe, yes. or things just to get me brushed up. Learning on in the moment of need yeah. delivered to you on time. So that's very important. At the same time, it is also important to support uh, what I call serendipitous learning, right? <laughs> there are people sitting on Friday evenings and thinking that, okay, I have enough. I have had enough of software engineering. I want to become a technical manager, right? Okay, that's a broad question. That's not like a two-minute video. <laughs> so then you got to have a system where the person can actually continuously learn for a little bit on a broad topic for a while. But in a context of becoming a technical manager, that's where curation comes in tremendously, right? Where it's actually not in the moment, but in the grand scheme of, scheme of things. Yes. Right. You need to have more of a plan. You right? need to have more Say of a plan. That's a, 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 right? You want to achieve a career goal like that or a, exactly. ca- a career transition. Yep. It's not quite as simple as surfacing a three-minute video, three as minute you said. Three-minute video and you become a fantastic technical manager. It's not going to happen like mm-hmm. that, right? But let's understand in the so, context of the organization and in the context right. of me, my skills and my abilities, how do I need to go from point A to point B? Absolutely. And how can the, the, the content help how me How can get the content there? and the curation and consumption yeah. of the tool around the content can help you? Yeah, that's one of the things right. from SumTotal that are, the SumTotal announced this morning that kind of popped in my head was they were talking about the onboarding piece and connecting to mentors and all those things wrap into that conversation of I want to be something else one day. Absolutely. I'm being onboarded to this new technical manager job. Just because you decided you want to do it, even if you got that job, doesn't mean you're done learning. you still got other things. Nope. Like formal Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me do a quick reset. I'm going to dare myself to try to, to, to pronounce a difficult name a second time. This is the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bose. Ben Eubanks sitting in, co-piloting tonight. Woo-hoo. Good to see you, Ben. And we're at the Skillsoft Perspectives event in Las Vegas, where we're joined by Opera Team Pirakayasa. I, I probably said it better for the first time. Very good. AP, Chief Technology Officer at Skillsoft. Hey, Opera Team, before we let you go, you've got a lot to do here at this event. You're a man of uh, wearing many hats at this event, and we do uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes to sit down with us. But one of the things that comes up a lot, it comes up in all kinds of technology, of course, in HCM technology, I guess really any administrative technology that's that's not directly tied to the top line revenue number, right, is, boy, let's we need to prove this is working. We need to prove value. We need to make sure that our investments in whatever. I just talked about this at Virgin Pulse, right? Mm-hmm. Investments in wellness and well-being technology. Well, sometimes they can be hard to, to, to make those investments, right? If you can't draw a pretty straight line from those oh, investments yeah. to things like productivity, things like increased revenue. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about 
how your customers, maybe some of the more uh, I don't know, progressive ones, think about investments in learning and learning technology as it relates to driving real business outcomes. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, this argument, fortunately, has become easier. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because the demand for skills and the demand for jobs, you know, and unemployment rate being rather low, uh, the demand for qualified talent is very high. Um, and people change jobs. People leave companies more often than they used to be, right? Yeah. Um, it has become very economically, economically clear right now. There are hundreds of studies on this. That's actually, let's say a company is expert in area A, and they want to grow into an area B, which is related but not quite the same, but they don't have skills in area B. It's actually much easier to train internal people in area A into area B, yeah. right? Yeah. There are hundreds of studies on that in, and, and the ROI of that, right? So I think to answer your question concretely, it behooves upon the L&D leaders to understand the business much more. L&D cannot be, okay, we do learning. Learning for what, right? The L&D leaders need to understand the business gaps and the business goals and the business strategy much more so that then talent can be mapped into, you know, talent supply can be mapped, mapped into future talent demand. And the gap can be filled by learning programs, right? Yeah. So there's a clear ROI in mapping talent supply to projected talent demand. And how do I actually train people into that demand curve versus hire people into that demand curve? The economics are very different. And it's not very complicated, though, right? You can actually build very quick business cases in that way. I'll give you another example. Sure. This is just about a projection of future needs. But how about we have a customer which uses... So it's an IT services company, large company. Now, it is responding to hundreds of RFPs every day that are project-based, right? You need to do this project at this bank or this project in this country, in this insurance company. They suddenly need to form tiger teams or agile teams to man those projects or, you know, to kind of resource those projects, right? Um, How do they do that? How do they know that they have uh, sufficient skills in particular area projecting the demands of these RFPs that are coming out, right? And how can they quickly create the best team? Maybe they don't have the ideal team. Maybe 80% is good and make up 20% by training and address, you know, respond to the RFP tomorrow rather than not respond to the RFP for three months by the time the business is gone. It's actually a true business optimization. Right. And this company is getting true competitive advantage using our systems and our content at the same time. Right. So I say one of the things that you said that kind of hit me pretty hard is learning is not the outcome. Performance is. Right? Performance we're not, is the We're outcome. not learning for the sake of learning because that Perform- gets us nowhere. In a business world, performance is the outcome. Yeah. Right. Right. There's no extra prize for just learning a bunch of things. Yep. Right? Yeah. You even, even mentioned that today, right? You, points, you were maybe. talking about the innovation awards a little bit, right? And yeah. just trying to assess who's really doing innovative stuff and, and how's, how are those outcomes being realized. Yeah, that was one of the things I was really excited to see this morning is the the winners of the Innovation Awards were announced and some of the things they were doing. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to judge some of those entries, and it was really intriguing to see. One of the questions that was asked in the, in the application was, how are you measuring the impact of this? And yeah. some of the companies would say, hey, you know, our, our people are happy with this training. And that, that's nice. We'd like <laughs> yeah, that. But how do you measure happy? Yeah. But <laughs> how are, do you measure happy? Are customers happy or is our bottom line happy? That's the thing. Yeah. I think there are there are very good metrics that I think should be could be standardized, right? There are broad metrics such as retention. That's a very powerful metric. And if retention can be correlated to a career development and learning, and that's easy to do, yes. that's one metric that any CEO will take notice. Yeah. 
right? If you have less than average retention, you're doing well. You are actually mining the training that is, that's going into the employee, right? Then there are metrics such as time to productivity, okay? These are hard metrics that L&D people can drive. So you have these vertical divisions, you have these training programs, and you have the managers of these divisions, have them measure time to productivity of new hires. That's a hard metric. Yeah. And that can be actually influenced by learning that has a real dollar value, right? I already mentioned the RFP response scenario. So I think if you put our minds together, you can actually find at least a handful, maybe 10 or so yeah. KPIs yeah. that can be associated with learning. Okay. It's, I'll say you sat, sound like you sat on a session last year. I got to present last year at the show and talked about why your CEO doesn't care about engagement as an outcome for, for learning. I talked about instead, let's look at revenue, let's look at innovation, let's look at retention, yeah. all those different things, because those things are going to turn their heads. They are yep. going to get their buy-in. I, I really yes. like, one I think about a lot and I like a lot is rate of promotion. Like as as a measurement, like kind of because it's it's a proxy, right? But it's also a better one than some of the other proxies we have, like say performance reviews, which mm-hmm. maybe we're not that great at doing, and, and we're inconsistent about doing them. And but like like how people are moving through the organization, right? As a result of you mm-hmm. know how we're hiring differently, or how we're training and yeah. developing people differently, or how we're giving them maybe access to more and better tools for their own development. Or business purposes. continuity is another yeah. metric, right? So I'm just talking about KPIs. Think about critical roles in the in the organization at any time, and do you have the training done in the organization so that if somebody leaves or some, something unfortunate will happen to a leader, how many replacements do you have? What is your replacement ratio, right? You know, of let's say the top roles in the company, what is your replacement ratio? You know, if you're if you are in actually low ratio, then you're actually in in a business risk situation that you don't want to be in. Right. I think it has heard you physically step on the toes of basically everybody listening to the show because I don't think anybody's got that really well done, really, really ironed out very well. So, yep. Um, no, but your point was to, your main point was learning for the sake of learning is not nearly yeah. as interesting, right? right. Um, uh, you know, we are we are not operating in an economic environment where that's actually going to be tolerated. Uh, like everything else, everything has to be justified. But I think it's easier because it is important. Opportunity. Great to see you. Thanks for thanks for joining us, yep. taking a few minutes today. Last thing, what's coming? What's next? Can we tease anything? Can what can folks look for? Maybe when we sit down and we do this show again next year, perhaps what might we be talking about? Oh, great! You asked me a question. A tough one. No, it's not a tough one. Actually, we have a we have a pretty pretty clear vision with where we are going, right? So uh, on the content side, you know, more and better content is coming and continuous refinement of our content, increased learning value, et cetera, right? Uh, we are going to simply continue the train that we have started a couple of years ago. Um, you know, there are major areas that we're focusing on right now. So for example, artificial intelligence um, as, a, as a major content area, digital transformation, we just released uh, more on leadership de- development, democratization of leadership. So all of this is coming in the content area. Around Percipio, what you might expect are things like prioritization of what I just showed today, sure. right? More intelligent recommendations, mm-hmm. right? A moment of time learning, right? Right, right, in the, right in the moment of time learning or assistive learning like that. Um, adaptive systems whereby you can actually, before taking a course, you can actually take a pre-assessment and will, the system will adapt and recommend um, a, a dynamically curated channel for you, right? Um, AI-assisted curation. So, for example, I don't fully believe that 
AI can completely take over the art of curation, but curators should be assisted with AI, with usage patterns and other information so the curators can make good decisions and their job is much easier. They actually then end up doing it rather than kind of getting frustrated and not doing it and content laying by the wayside, right? So I think all of these things are coming as part of the Percipio platform. I think what you can expect from some total is um, a whole bunch of other things related to um, proving uh, clear ROI from learning management. Yeah, that's right. right. When they talk about the, that, yeah. the, the thing about, uh, you know, the thing I talked about onboarding velocity, right, or time to productivity, uh, these kind of metrics and clearly aligning our product features so that these kind of reports and metrics can be generated quickly are some of the things you can expect from right. the product. Of course, there are feature galore, right? I don't yeah, want to talk about no, feature no, right, galore, right. but you know, these are some of the important things. Yeah, I know. I, I know we're 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 gonna wrapping up, but like uh, I love the the features. That I never like want to talk about them either. A long time ago, I had a guy on the show. I'm not gonna name him because he kind of became sort of infamous. So we'll just tell the story without naming names. But he he always said like once software starts getting numbers and point numbers, like, it, it stops being really interesting, right? Like it's uh, once like PeopleSoft released you know version 19.3 or whatever it was, it's like oh you know it became uh, became something else entirely. Yeah. So um, but that's a story for another day, I guess. So Abertine, thank you so much again. Thank you very much. Great for event. Me. Thanks to pleasure. everyone. Skillsoft for having us, and stay tuned for part two of the special HR Happy Hour podcast from Skillsoft Perspectives in Las Vegas. Hey, we're back on the HR Happy Hour show. My name is Steve Bose. Ben Eubanks, again, still with me here at Skillsoft Perspectives. How are you still doing, Ben? Still here, Steve. Still here. We're hanging in there. It's been a long day. It, 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 you know what? This is my fault as the host of the HR Happy Hour show. <laughs> it is actually happy hour where, we're, as we record this, we've crossed that threshold, mm-hmm. and yet we have no adult beverages. Mm-hmm. Who is responsible for that? I, I'll, I'll point to our guest and just know what's up. <laughs> hey, just uh, as I mentioned at the top, we do have uh, some special guests joining us for part two of the Skillsoft podcast from Perspectives. We have Chris Jimenez and Stephanie Dale from Florida Blue. Hey, guys. Chris, Stephanie, welcome. Hi. Thanks Great. for having us. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank First off, can you tell me a little bit about Florida Blue? Because I thought I understood what Florida Blue did, but now I'm pretty sure I don't. Yeah, so... Um, Florida Blue is a wholly owned company underneath the Guidewell Mutual Holding Company. And Florida Blue is one of the largest insurers in the state of Florida. Okay. However, um, some of our other products uh, in our wholly owned subsidiaries go out across the United States. So we have uh, dock offices, we have other entities, we have um, Medicare providers, Medicaid providers, and claims processors. You know, but if you uh, ask a lot of people in the state of Florida, of course, they're going to know us as Florida Blue right. as well. Right. So my medical card says Florida Blue on it, probably. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It does. It, it did. Does. I did work for a Florida company for a while, and it, it did say Florida Blue on <laughs> that card, right. which was That's awesome. Great. Yeah. Great. And about how many employees, roughly? So across the entity, it's really um, about probably about 12,000 employees, a little bit more from a contractor perspective. Um, from a learning uh, resource, that's actually some of our smaller audiences that we support. So we also have about 12,000 external agents that we also do learning wow. uh, for. 12,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then our provider community, we are getting ready to add 20,000 into that environment. And then pretty soon we'll be going out to our members as well with uh, our learning capabilities, which is millions. I was going to say that's got to be a fairly big number. Yes, it yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exciting time. That's for sure to be in HR and definitely within our, our learning function too. Sure. Yeah. I'm excited to be here with the learning piece for that external audience because we always think about learning as 
employees only. And there's a lot to do with whether it's contractors, whether it's members, whatever else it happens to be. I'm excited to hear that part of it. In addition to that, there's the, the agent population, which is yeah. 13,000. So if you're an agent in the state of Florida and you sell Florida Blue products, come to us for your training. And that's you know a few thousand people as well. Right, yeah. right. So part of the reason too. Sorry. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like the whole person is not getting well, training. Well, yeah. Once we start talking about the Medicare certification, you might, you might Go back you up might a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we'll dig into that in a second. Part of the reason, certainly maybe not the only reason, but part of the reason you guys were here is you were recognized with an innovation award today at the SkillSoft event. I'd love for you to talk about that uh, as well and, and some of what you guys are doing in the learning space that's been really innovative, impactful, and it's having some measurable impact on the business. Yeah, well, first of all, we're pretty excited about um, our, our entire team winning this award for the organization. And this particular um, item was really directly related to our Medicare certification. Yeah. So, so what is that? What does Medicare certification mean? I know. For those of you that aren't in the, the whole <laughs> Medicare space, basically in order for someone to sell Medicare, they actually have to become certified. And we, uh, last year, actually took that away from a different vendor and we brought it in-house because all of our company really felt um, that we could do a much better job. They f- had a lot of confidence in our system and the capability that SumTotal brings to, to bear within the organization. And um, we rolled that out. It was highly successful this year. We'll, of course, do continuous improvement. We'll do even more changes. But again, uh, our system feeds the sales tools. And unless they have become certified, they pass exams. It's pretty rigorous. And there's two parts to it. There's a core piece and then there's the product piece. Um, and so if you think about it, there's probably about 50 uh, odd pieces of CBTs that they have to go through and pass exams in order wow. to do those things. And we feed it over to the sales side of the house and it actually turns on their sales tools in order for them to say, oh, I can actually go ahead and start selling this product. Yeah. And, and, and when they're done with the certification, they can sell the product immediately. So we have integrations that go into this into the sales agent system so that once they're complete on the LMS side, they immediately have that information on the other side. So if you complete your training in the morning, once you're certified, you can start training. Wow. So if folks don't have that, if we don't have that integration into the other system, then we have folks that are idle, right? You have people that are sitting around the desk. Oh, I see. So they, if the situation was they completed the certification and they passed the assessment, yeah. but yet you didn't have the sort of robustness of the back end yeah, connection, back, you'd be losing productivity and time yeah. and potentially yeah, revenue, right? For yeah. folks waiting around. So we set up we, we set up multiple integrations throughout the day. So whether you, you completed the training at breakfast or at lunch, there's uh, the, once the integration goes through, flags you as uh, eligible to sale, and you can go, go back to work. Which, by the way, that's, again, another first time for the organization. Uh, the previous vendor was an overnight feed. We are literally um, acting, you know, and feeding that data, you know, again, as Chris said, throughout the entire time, um, which, you know, they're agents. They want to sell. Their their money is in selling the products yeah. and, and making sure that they can talk to a customer and help that customer get the product that they really need to do. They have a very short time window, too. So um, we start training them usually in the late July time frame. They can't start selling, you know, the window opens up mid-October and then it shuts down. 
Um, really? Yeah, not too okay. far about that. And then, um, of course, then if there are new people because of, you know, they, they've just opted into that age group and those kind of things, they can do some of those things as well. But again, you know, there's a big push uh, during a certain time time frame every year. The thing that gets me is that we hear, have a lot of conversations with learning leaders and it's like, learning to partner with the business. And in this case, it's almost like you're leading the business because I know this was like a big change and you're hoping to start actually delivering this training, hopefully at some point, right? Outside the agency, is that right? Yeah, and, and so, um, yeah, we're looking at trying to figure out, well, what do we need to do next, right? Um, but right now, even for our organization, if you think about the ROI that we've been able to achieve, um, you know, last year we saved $300,000 and this year $900,000. You know, obviously we would have had an even bigger profit, but it, it was... It was a monster to set up. Yeah. Right. Lots of changes. There are lots of different kinds of curriculum that we're talking about. We even gave CEs um, back to the agents because as an agent, you're licensed and you have to earn those, you know, continuing education points. And uh, so then we had to interact with the state of Florida to be able to give those things. There were a lot of challenges in that regard. But again, I think going going back to the question of, gosh, you know, what, what was the value Really, the value is that, you know, we have a longstanding tradition of being able to execute at a pretty highly um, rigorous role, you know, within the organization. And they, they really felt that we could pull, you know, this this thing off yeah. that, that, you know, seemed at least in some regards almost impossible. But it's been it's been a great it's been a pretty cool ride, actually. And that's only one half of the equation, right? The, the cost savings to the business. Um, the other part of, of the equation is learner satisfaction. So they used to go through a different vendor, multiple hiccups, uh, multiple challenges with that vendor, accessing the content, when, um, the, you know, when would they would uh, undergo maintenances, so, sure. so it would be down, learners wouldn't be able to get into the system. So there's a lot of challenges that we had with the, with the first vendor that once we moved that internally into the subtotal uh, LMS, completely changed everything. Uh, satisfaction scores were much higher. The feedback that we received not only from the, from the, uh, at, from the learners, but also from the business, less calls to the to the call center, right? So we, we have a whole group of people that are set up to receive calls from the agents when they're having issues. In the old days, these people did a lot of work. The phone was always ringing. This time around, the phone didn't ring, <laughs> right? Which was right. kind of which was kind of odd. Were, well, is it was it broken? What's going on? So it was almost the opposite effect for them, where they were so used to having so many bad things going on that when it was peaceful and quiet, they thought something was broken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like we literally, I, I would literally get calls, and they're like. We, we don't have any calls. And I'm like, well, isn't that what you asked me to do? You asked me to lessen your burden, yeah. right? And, uh, and I'm like, so that's a good thing. You'll get some, you know, eventually. But, you know, and usually that's because they wait till the last minute. But um, other than that, then, then normally it really, it was awesome. You know, we had people going over to the call center waiting to, to be right there, you know, so that way we could hold their hands through the process. And really, basically, they came back within the hour. Yeah, it was interesting. So you were prepared for this onslaught of yeah. questions and problems yeah. and right. trouble tickets, maybe. Yeah, and, exactly and right. It was actually kind of quiet, yeah. which was yeah. good. And yeah. uh, unusual as well, right? I mean, look, every big enterprise-y kind of implementation and project uh, often has hiccups of some kind. It's very unusual to, to have the go-live be so quiet, right? Yeah. 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 That's one of the questions I want to ask is actually that was a – even just taking away from the vendor, even if everything was working fine, taking away from them is a big decision, right? It takes some courage. Yes. Um, talk about that a little bit, like making that decision and then kind of committing to it, I guess, with the resources right. and everything else. 
Well, you know, really that decision came out of our sales environment and um, and the VPs and the SVPs of, of sales really made that decision. Um, and again, because the experience before was just, it was painful. So, so essentially the, your sales leadership came to, yeah. to you learning leadership and right. said, look, we've got to get better at getting our people right. prepared for this. To yes. Okay. This so it was almost like a challenge. company okay. initiative. And um, even throughout the project, you know, uh, the status of where we were, how we were progressing to get everybody, um, you know, is the system going to be ready for go live day? It literally was talked about at the um, the C-suite you know wow. level because it's a critical element for our company's revenue. It's a revenue component. It's a critical component yeah. for our organization. And it's really you're lucky in a way as learning professionals and learning leaders that you you have the opportunity to leverage to you know put that kind of leverage and pressure you know towards direct business results because we talked a little bit about this with AP in the in the last in sort of the first segment of this show. It's it's often difficult sometimes to make that line that that direct line relationship to business outcomes and value from any kind of administrative project, honestly, not just a learning project. Right. Well, and again, even, you know, again, we've had a history. So even on our sales side of the house, you know, we've been able to uh, shave off time of getting people up to speed. And if they're up to speed quicker, right, then they can go out and they can sell quicker. And, um, you know, that whole time to competency thing. Well, we've actually done studies around those things. And again, I think that's part of the the legacy of being able to say, we can do these things for you because, hey, we've proven it over yeah. time. Um, but but again, I think in this case, the sum total system really, um, the com- it is the most complex curriculum <laughs> that we have to manage. Um, and the fact that we were able to do it, you know, granted, we did have some hiccups, but I, really it was not anything um, uh that anybody got, you know, truly upset about or, or other things. And so we worked our way through it. Um, and again, even this year, they're, they're wanting us to expand um, specifically to other things and take on other uh, projects for them. Sure. So, well, now you've got a little bit of a track record in there. Credibility. Uh, yeah. And, and it's not, it's not always easy too, right? Cause often for the folks who are leading these kinds of projects, you're kind of, your tails are on the line too, right? A little bit, right? If things don't yeah. work out so well. Yeah. 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 Uh, definitely had a little bit of pressure. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, last year I kind of joked and, you know, told our VP of um, talent management, I was like, you owe me some hair color. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Your, your hair. <laughs> yeah. If, the yeah. Are, if the people on the radio can only see my hair. <laughs> were, were, you that, were you that great before this started? Yeah. I usually don't like to comment on anyone's hair, no, it's frankly, okay. that uh, it's okay. you know, speaking from the position of weakness. <laughs> a quick reset. Uh, we're with Chris Jimenez and Stephanie Dale from Florida Blue. We're talking about their uh, really interesting and impactful learning programs. Uh, particularly, we talked a lot about Medicare certification and all that. And I know that's not the only thing you guys work on at Florida Blue. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more, maybe step a half step back or a full step back and Maybe tell us a little bit about sort of the culture there in and around learning and development, why that matters to you and how sort of, you know, the projects that you've done have helped to kind of strengthen that culture. You know, um, really, we are going through a cultural transformation around being a self-developing organization and, and helping individuals to own and be accountable for their own career um, growth and, and their their process that they need to go through in order to grow within the organization. Um, you know, we're responsible for giving them the tools by which they use mm-hmm. um, and giving them that, that freedom to be able to do those things. So, um, you know, again, we've had a pretty long standing tradition 
of making sure that um, that we give them those tools. Uh, and at the same time, I think the focus has, has really been around, again, how do we make sure that we're growing people within the organization? Think about where we are as in an economy perspective. It's very difficult for every organization sure. to find the right talent, right? Um, getting them in the door, getting them up to speed. So, you know, really that career development, um, the process that we change within our performance management, uh, we made it much easier, very clean. Um, but, you know, we really focus, you know, two times a year on grow specifically. Okay. And we put that development plan in the learning management system. So, again, the employee can assign their own content in that development plan, but so can the managers. The managers can actually do that as well. They can track it. It's very easy. It's very clean mm-hmm. uh, for sure. And that's an important point I think we should emphasize, right? So we've got the development plan inside of the system that has all the learning content. Yeah. So your manager comes to you and says, hey, I, I noticed these behaviors. You should work on this, that, and the other. Well, while you're already in that tool, you could easily do a quick search for that content, right? And you could find that information and easily consume it. So less clicks you know, happy consumer. Yeah, for sure. One of the, one of the comments you made a minute ago, I want to re- repeat it because I loved it. You said a self-developing organization. And I love the concept of having it where it's not driven by you standing over the whip saying, take your training, take your pill. You know, it's, it, I know you hate it. No, you don't like it, but do it anyway. But having people that are excited about, I feel some ownership for my career. So if I can just take this thing, here's the next step for me. And I can see that horizon or what's over the horizon. I guess I have the line of sight beyond just, doing this, this building the same widget every day or serving the same patient every day, whatever they're doing, they feel some ownership over that. I love the concept of the self-developing organization. Yeah, yeah you know, and it's it's really interesting too to, to go back and, and you think about, you know, the evolution over time about development and, and where we've been, you know, throughout our, our lives and even now, um, you know, really, if you think about millennials, Right, they're they're hungry to to be developed. They're, so sick of the millennials, though, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, you know, but all of us, <laughs> um, you know, but all of us have those aspirations, right? Of of you know, we we always either want to be developed or we're also kind of being coached, saying, yeah. "Hey, these are the things that you need to do differently," and that's okay because we're going to give you those tools yeah. to to help you get there as well. Yeah, I mean, that's been a consistent uh, research finding, right, in the last few years about what is going to make a person more or less likely to want to stay with an organization. And, and, I mean, obviously, you've got the salary and the way to be benefits. You've got to sort of be on par with that and you've got to be competitive. But but then you get right past that, you get right into career development. You get there. It's it's almost always number two or three, right? It's consistently right up there and sort of an organization making a commitment, right, to – trying to help people get further along in their careers and be, become the kind of person that they want to become or become the, the professional they want to become is, is, is it's probably going to continue to be important as the labor market stays really tight, as you mentioned, Stephanie. Right. Well, and, and again, kind of going back to about the whole performance management change. Um, again, we kind of took the bureaucracy out of the paperwork side. Uh, managers, you know, man, you know, we kind of mandate that they meet with their employees four times a year, two on grow, two on sync. You know, sync is all around their goals. You um, mean like S Y? However, you spell not 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 S I N K. Like we're going down. Gotcha. Okay. No, no, I thought so. Yeah, we are not syncing the ship. In other words, we're kind of you know making sure that we're connected. And that, you know, I understand the goals that, you know, I'm driving to, what's my measurement around those goals. And then the other two times is all around, again, goals. How can I help? You know, what are the barriers that I need to remove from you? What are the individuals that, you know, or the items that we need to help you? And oh, by the way, 
here's what I also want to do. You know, I know that you might have aspirations for me in this current role, but guess what? It's also, I, I need help getting to the next level as yeah. well. Yeah. One of the things coming off what Steve said a minute ago about, um, the talent, uh, sorry, the um, career piece being, mm -hmm. development piece right. being part of what engages people and keeps them around re retention-wise. Um, some of the research we've done around that I've done around talent ability, it's the same kind of thing. Like, I've got to feel like I see where I can be six months from now in this position or in this organization, whatever that, if it's in the same role, if it's in a new role, whatever it happens to be. If I can't see it line of sight, then I'm going to start envisioning myself somewhere else and that recruiter across the street's all too happy to pick up the phone <laughs> and call me and encourage me to see that vision at their company. So helping them to see that vision, helping them to see what those those pieces are within development plans and everything else, I think is critical. Yeah. Well, and I think we've just um, really started when you're talking about career development, career pathing. Um, again, where we are working to figure out, you know, how can we make this much more enticing? How can we put some data that, you know, that artificial intelligence behind it? Um, and, and again, we're working with, you know, some total and trying to uh, figure out what's going to be their next step. That they you beat really. me to the punch a little, Stephanie, because oh, yeah. I was about to say, well, what's <laughs> next? What are you thinking of? How, awesome. how are you going to sort of evolve and grow this? And it sounds like you're already thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, we definitely um, have been, and we've been working with them, you know, on the, on the compensation side, we're getting uh, them ready because we're shrinking the number of um, job descriptions and uh, definitely in the different roles, making sure they have the right competencies, um, they have the right skills mapped right. out, those things. And then we can do our part on the learning technology side of, of the house to put those things in place. Um, and again, I think some totals really kind of um, getting ready to, to, to be a, a true partner in, mm -hmm. in that process as well. Yeah. Great. It's been a great story. I, yeah. I really appreciate you guys taking a little bit of time out of the end of a long day for you, I think. And we're going to happy hour next. I know. <laughs> I, and I, I blew it. First round's on me. How about that? Right. So Chris Jimenez, Stephanie Dale, Florida Blue. Uh, website is what? If we want to like, we want to learn more about Florida Blue, floridablue.com. Florida Got that one early, yeah. right? Yeah. I always feel like you know, you come on someone's website, they, they didn't move fast enough, right? And they have some weird website or it's got a dash in it or, or people's like Facebook or Twitter accounts or something it's like that, you know. Hyphen dot biz. Yeah, like Bob Jones underscore 72. It's like, right. oh, 71 other Bob Jones beat me to this before I right. said, oh, I should have an account. Yeah. So uh, this has been a really, really fun. It's great to meet you guys. Great story. Congratulations again on your innovation award and a super story about how learning, learning technology and Honestly, caring about people connects directly to the bottom line. So uh, it was a great story. Absolutely. Thoroughly enjoyed meeting you both and um, just hearing your side of the story again, leading the business, not just kind of tagging along behind and hoping for hoping they'll listen to you. You're, yeah, you're leading the business. It's a great partnership. I love it. Absolutely. These guys are, these guys are champs. They're winners. They're innovation winners. Ben Eubanks, thanks for joining me, man. Good to see you today. It's been great, Steve. I'm really, really glad yeah, to be here. Yeah, really, really fun. So uh, anyway, I want to say thanks again to our friends at Skillsoft for hosting the HR Happy Hour show today at Perspectives. It's been a super event. I've had a great time. I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed listening to the show. My name is Steve Bowes. This has been the HR Happy Hour show. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour show. Your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.